Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Listen Money Matters is cheaper than the alternative. <laughs> My name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Dude, what are the alternatives? I, I didn't think I'm they were I'm thinking all- Listen Lambos Matter. Ah, yeah, they're damn because expensive. in that case, we are very much cheaper than the alternative. Or, like, <laughs> Listen Expensive uh, Absinthe from Amsterdam Matters. Mm. You know? Yeah. Know, what else is expensive? They're really rude in emails, though. I don't like those guys. <laughs> yeah, we just never hit it off at the money and absinthe and Lambos convention that we were at, you know? Yeah, they just don't reuse the right sugar cubes. That's the problem. If that's a convention, I want to go to it, though. <laughs> like, you just sit in Lambos and sip absinthe and talk about money. Hmm. We are now organizing this. Uh, Timothy Skykes shows up to there every uh... <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled out $4 million, got myself a new Lambo. Who wants to take a spin? That's right. But yes, what are you drinking? Still that same beer? Uh, dude, I'm just milking the end of the Baltic Porter aged in Peruvian rum. Not just like normal rum, it's Peruvian rum barrels. That sounds it, normal. Yeah, and it's I it's mean, rum is made batch. around there. It's pretty normal. And uh, you know, I'm polishing this off. It's a nice 11%, so it's worthy of my time. You know, that reminds me of something, Andrew. Mm. Um, you know, like... It's kind of this unwritten rule that if you put a location uh, before, like, a food or a drink descriptor, it makes it sound better, except for, like, one place. Hobo. Like, I could be like, I'm going to get you a Chicago pizza. You'd be like, oh, that sounds great. I'm going to get mm-hmm. you, like, a New York-style pizza. There's, like, one city that if you put it in front of food, it, like, makes it less appetizing. What, what guess? city? Detroit. I was I was actually gonna guess Detroit because it's like nothing. Get your Detroit pizza. <laughs> like I don't know. That sounds like a rough pizza. It might beat you up or something. Uh, it's got hubcaps in it. <laughs> Has spree wells on it. It just is a hubcap with like some crust around it and cheese thrown on top. That's all right. Anyway, our catchphrase this week comes from Ransom Patterson, who also happens to write. For College Info Geek, and does he write for Listen Money Matters now? He too? does. He has uh, two nice. articles up right now. I believe. I just want to give a shout long. out to Ransom because what I think he's a junior in college at this point, maybe even still a sophomore. Mm. Dude's killing it. You should follow him on Twitter. He's at Ransom Patterson, and uh, he gives a pretty good springboard for catchphrases. So, but if you want to get your own catchphrases on this show, then you can send them over on Twitter. We're at Money Matters Man over there, and we need your Facebook. catchphrases. We need we catchphrases. We we I'm had start like having to make like burp noises for our catchphrases. <laughs> we had like Go this back huge backlog, and you guys have been slacking. Yeah, you you've been slacking. Send it yeah, in. We're gonna call you out, Internet. That's right, Internet. I am Next, not satisfied with my service. Bystander effect to the max. So let's let's just let's pick a name. Hey, Jason, give us a catchphrase. Yeah, you. Yeah, and, and I know exactly which Jason I'm thinking of. I've been watching you, you dude. Are now obligated to send us a that thing you did last night was not cool. <laughs> anyway, guys, today we got the Mad Scientist back on the show. Uh, the first episode came out with him before I was the host, and we talked about. I guess you and Matt talked about mm-hmm. the backdoor uh, IRA strategy. And now, can you like put a voice modulator effect on this we're going to talk about the mega backdoor ira strategy (laughs) mega 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 backdoor ira strategy so yeah welcome to the show man hey thanks a lot for having me again (laughs) i had a blast last time so i'm excited about uh being here again yeah man i wasn't part of the show but i definitely had a blast listening to it and uh it definitely blew my mind a little bit too much it was pretty technical (laughs) for me back then maybe still is but yeah let's talk IRAs and uh, what were you saying, Andrew? We get questions about basically 
IRAs like every day, so, pretty much. I'll be honest. Um, we could we could probably explain how to roll over IRAs and why you want to do it like every day on the podcast, and we would probably still get questions about it. Mm. Um, so so let, let's start with the basics. Um, Brandon, why would you ever want to roll over into an IRA? That sounds crazy. Okay, so. <laughs> Well, I'm assuming you're initially meaning from a 401k or a 403b or some workplace plan. Is that right? Yeah. So, so yeah, those those plans are are good, but sometimes they're laden with lots of hidden fees, and sometimes the investment options aren't great, um, and they're tied to your employer. So you can't you can't do the rollover while you're employed. So you got to wait until after you've either separate employment from there or just quit working altogether. Um, but a reason to do that rollover is one to get better investment options, two to get lower fees, and just three to have all your money in the same place. So, assuming you are uh, contributing to an IRA already, because you, you can do that in addition to a four hundred one k, you may already have an IRA account out there. So, rolling it over after you leave your job makes sense because then all your stuff's in one place, and presumably you picked a good bank or custodian with low fees when you opened your IRA. So then it's all in the same account uh, and you're not paying a ton in fees and things like that. So that, that that's the primary reason most you know, people would do I feel like we over. give like a lot of lip service to reducing fees and you know, it's like number two of three and I, I feel like it's like easy to kind of glaze over it. Um, I don't want to like have like an entire like, like fee episode, but like we they're, did. they're pretty big. I mean, we we did. We've done many. Like they're they're pretty bad. Uh, oh, it's it's incredible. It's um, yeah. People just don't realize. Like even just a a one percent difference could be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars over over the course of an investor's life. Um, there's there's actually there's actually a good calculator that Vanguard provides. It's just a little thing where you, with slidey things you can, you can just see how much fees eat into your returns. Um, I can send a link over to you guys, and you can put it in the show notes if you want. But um, it, it's just it's absolutely amazing. So, and since it's something that investors can actually control, it is hugely important because most most investors are just focusing on things they can't control, like whether the market's going to go up tomorrow or if uh, you know this stock's going to be hotter than that one. Uh, but they they ignore things like fees and it's the fees yeah. that kill you in the long run. So, so quick, like foundational question here, because I think I don't know like the same amount that you guys do, even in the basics uh, for a 401k, like, is that an investment vehicle that's going to have a big fee to pull out and just get liquid cash out of like an IRA or can you usually take money out of it without much consequence? So 401k is like a, is pretty much exactly like a traditional IRA in that, hmm. um, it's tax-free going in, so you don't pay tax on the money you're putting into it. Uh, okay. It grows tax-free, but then you have to pay tax when you take it out. Um, right. If you take it out before age 59 and a half, then you're also going to pay an extra 10% penalty tax. Okay. So so it's not impossible to get it out, but... But it's you, massively expensive. Right. So you wouldn't you wouldn't want to do that. Um, so, 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 like, like rolling I said, the, over is just a way to do it without that fee, pretty much? So, well, the initial rollover I talked about is just a just a way to, you know, get your accounts all in one place and to get better investment uh, mm-hmm. options. Now, there's a whole other type of rollover from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. So, um, so a Roth differs in that it's 
you pay tax up front on the money that you earn. Um, but then when you withdraw that money, you don't have to pay any tax. Um, mm. So that's so that's the big difference between like a tradition uh, like a four hundred one k and traditional IRA versus a Roth. Um, so what happens when you do the rollover? You're taking money that you've never been taxed on in the traditional IRA, um, and you're rolling it over into a Roth IRA, which means you'll not pay tax when you take it out. So obviously you have to pay tax at some point. So you pay tax when you do the rollover. Um, okay. So then. After that rollover, this is where it gets a little tricky. After the rollover, after five years, you can take that money out of the Roth um, without penalty because you pay tax on it when you did the rollover. You waited for the five-year waiting period, and then you can take that money out. But you have to leave the growth on that money in there um, until 59 okay. and a half if you don't want to get penalized. So it's a bit so- confusing. Since you pay the tax when you transfer over from a traditional to a Roth... Like, what's the point of doing it that way instead of just putting money into a Roth right away? Okay, so yeah, that's that's a great question. So, for someone like me who's currently working full time, um, my tax rate is very high and probably the highest it'll be in my lifetime because hopefully I'll be you know transitioning away from full time employment soon. Um, so. Right now, my tax rate's very high, so any any time I can with reduce that, uh, I take advantage of it. So, um, mm. so for someone like me who is going to have, you know, thirty. Well, let's see, twenty. How old am I now? Oh man, yeah, 20, twenty-six years until I'm fifty-nine and a half. That's a long time to get all of my traditional IRA funds rolled over. And when I leave my full-time job, my, my tax rate is going to be so low that I'll be getting taxed, yes, but the rate will be either zero or slightly above zero, um, okay. which is a lot better than getting taxed at my current marginal uh, tax so rate right now. the money you put into a traditional IRA reduces your net taxable income the For year that you year. put it in. So For say that. like you're making 100 k this year, your tax rate's like, what, 30% at that point, right. uh, income tax? Something and like you put the max into a traditional IRA. Is it still fifty five hundred for traditional, or is it higher? Yes. Yep. Fifty five hundred for. 2050. So you you shove fifty five hundred in there. Uh, that reduce that potentially reduces your taxes a bit. And then you wait until you're fifty. You're like retired early. You're making nothing. You roll it over, and at that point, the tax you pay is so the rollover is essentially like you're pulling it out of the traditional and you're putting it into a Roth and the tax exactly. like in, yep. in the tax man's eyes. So basically, exactly. like, they see a fifty-year-old dude who's not making any money, all of a sudden making ten k, coming from the the four hundred one or the traditional IRA, and then putting it into the Roth, or I guess exactly. it would be fifty-five hundred again. But it's like that's the only money you made, so you're paying no taxes or like very little tax. Um, exactly, and the only thing okay. I'd correct is that you could do ten thousand because because the the rollover doesn't count towards contribution limits. So you, he could oh. the fifty-year-old could take. Twenty grand out and put it directly into his Roth IRA, um, and he wouldn't so you pay. Just, okay, so you just like strategically step it out to get it all in the Roth before you hit retirement, like actual fifty nine and a half retirement, but make it low enough each year that you're not paying a whole lot of tax on it. Right, exactly. So, so yeah, okay. so um, so my plan personally is when I'm living off my investments, those are you know long term capital gains and. Mm principal, which, you know, I don't pay any tax on principal, uh, long-term capital gains and dividends are, um, 
taxed at a low tax rate, potentially zero if I stay in the 15% tax bracket. Um, so I'll be living off of that. So then I can use my standard deduction and personal exemptions, all that amount, you know, whatever, yeah. 13000 whatever plus, to then just convert that for free every year. And then hopefully by the time I'm retirement age, it's all in the Roth and then it's all tax-free. <laughs> so Andrew, hmm. you're like a data startup computery dude. Hmm. Um, are you thinking like the same thing I'm thinking like right now? Like how long will it be until some company just offers this as a feature? Like we That's have a plan a where point. we automatically roll over from your traditional to your Roth X number of dollars per year when you make a certain amount or something like that. Well, like, why is this not an offering right now? That's a great question. And I hope someone listening or maybe, Brandon, <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'll do this afternoon. I'll start <laughs> hacking that together. No, but seriously, yeah, it no, seems like a great really, idea. really good strategy. Like, yeah, you so can like, see like a company like Betterment doing it or something where um, yeah. they did they just use that because th- there's a there's a certain amount of free tax space every year um, and a lot of people don't use it up uh, especially in retirement so you could use it up and just yeah get that converted as quickly as possible well, that'd be amazing yeah exactly I mean like if say you're saving you know ten plus percent off the of tax savings if a company wanted to take three you know you're still it still shakes out really nicely for you and you don't have to touch it and they'd have, there's a pretty good profit margin for them there. I'm just kind of surprised. Like this seems like a really good strategy, and it only took me about five minutes to understand it. A lot of the guests <laughs> that come on this podcast make me kind of like my brain falls out of my ear. So it's just kind of like weird to me that this isn't more commonly done, or maybe well, it is. I, I'll tell you. Know. I'll tell you why it's probably not. Um, most people don't. Most people plan to work until they're 65, or you know, you know what I mean. So, okay. So their their income's going to be high for all their life so then okay, it really that doesn't makes- make too much of a difference whether you're so really it only tax- makes sense for the kind of person that's planning on living off of investment returns before like actual retirement yeah or or if you're taking a sabbatical or taking a few years off you can mm. you know pump out a, a bunch of it and uh, do the conversion then and you know because um, i'm sure most people have you know, some money stashed away in traditionals, and if they took a year off, they'd be like, "Oh, well, maybe I can convert fifteen of that and never pay tax on that money ever," which is essentially what you're doing. Okay, because I actually I think um, I have a simple IRA, but it functions like a traditional, where it mm-hmm. reduces my taxable income each year. So if I'm planning on retiring early or doing a mini retirement later on in life, then there's no reason why I wouldn't want to do that potentially. Right. Exactly, because you got that you got that free allowance every year, um, so it doesn't make sense not to use it if you can. Yeah, uh, is that something that, that you're planning on doing then, Andrew? Which, like, this whole strategy? So I don't know, do you have an early retirement goal or not? I I do, and I mean, Brian is awesome, but I really want him on for very selfish reasons <laughs> because <laughs> I want to pick his brain on exactly this stuff. All right, um, dude. What is your selfish reason? I mean, or have I already said it? Well, okay. So, so I see myself as potentially retiring before the retirement age. I, I don't want to jump ahead. Like, I, I think like we can make this into a great like story arc. Um. So, so, so to be clear, <laughs> yeah. that this movement that's that's what they call the backdoor IRA, right? Strategy. Nope, nope, nope. So, um, so this is just this is like 
frequently referred to as like a Roth IRA conversion ladder. Mm. Um, so, so the idea is you convert a, a certain amount every year, and then after five years, you can start withdrawing that same amount without paying any sort of taxes or fees. So, so you would convert whatever, however much you want to, depending on how much tax you want to pay. Say, say let's just say twenty grand, and you can live off twenty grand. Um, so you just convert that every year once you leave your full-time job and then uh, um, and then uh, you can just with- withdraw from 20 grand from your Roth every year and live off that and it's completely tax-free. Um, the backdoor Roth, so the, so the backdoor Roth actually deals with um, contribution limits. So um, for a Roth IRA, um, if you have in a modified address, adjusted gross income over 114,000, you can't even contribute to a Roth IRA at all. Um, no, no, sorry. That's when, that's when the phase out starts, but I think up around 120, you can't even contribute anything to a, to a Roth. Oh, you said um, 114,000. 114,000. Okay. I thought you said 14,000 for a second. <laughs> <laughs> time to find make time any to money find. at all. No Roth for you. <laughs> yeah, no, 114. So this is so the backdoor Roth strategy is more for high earners um, mm. to get around the income limit. So the idea behind that is um, there's no income limit for contributing to a non-deductible traditional IRA. So t- to give you an, to let you know what a non-deductible traditional IRA is is you like answer my questions before I ask them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, that's good. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so a, a normal traditional IRA, like I said, you don't pay tax on it when it goes in. So that means um, that tax is deducted from your taxes. So it's a deductible contribution. What a non-deductible contribution is is you 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 do pay taxes on it. So for in that situation, it would be taxed going in. It would grow tax free, but then you'd still pay tax coming out. So that's a pretty Shitty Crap. scenario. That's a yeah. bum right, deal. Exactly. What kind of investment vehicle does that? Right. So that's the non-deductible traditional IRA contributions. So why would you? Or is there like a certain threshold at which they become non-deductible or something like that? Right. Yes. So there's an income limit um, for a traditional IRA where you can't make deductible contributions, and that's okay. And so, just to be clear, deductible meaning like you're not going to get like uh, reductions on your taxes. Right. So that's So what you after- mean is if if like someone's a baller, they're pulling in like over that 120, they can still put in the up to the 5500 for traditional, but they're not going to get any tax benefits on that. Right. Exactly. Okay. Uh, gotcha. And so to be clear, that like completely defeats the purpose of using this vehicle, like completely, right? Pretty much, yeah. I would yeah. not There's no I would not do it just for the tax-free growth at all alone because what happens is um, just say you know, this will be a little tangent, but I think it's probably important. So, um, say you invest five grand into a taxable account, just normal run-of-the-mill taxable account, and then by the time you want to use that money, it it's increased to ten grand. So that's five grand of gains that would be taxed at the long-term capital gains rate, which is a lot lower than like a normal income rate. And the other five grand is just your principal that you put in, so that's not taxed at all because you already paid tax on it before when you put it in there. So, so that means five grand of that's not taxed, oh. and then the other five grand's just taxed at you know ordinary capital gains and long term uh, gains. That brings rates. up the 
That brings up a good question then. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I guess what I took from that is uh, the income, like the returns you get from a traditional IRA, those are taxed at income rates. Yes. Before or it I, goes in. No, after, no, after it goes right? in. Because so, it's yeah, traditional. So, so f- Right, so for for a normal deductible traditional contribution, you don't pay tax when it goes in. It oh, right, right. when it comes out, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Right. But when and then if I'm out, just investing tax. in a mutual fund and I take dividends from that, or I take the returns from that and withdraw them, I'm only paying the long-term capital gains rate, which is lower. Right, exactly, much lower. So in most cases, so um, okay. So, so you so got to find a way to like to where the tax savings on the front end offset the tax hit you're going to take by putting your money into that kind of vehicle in the first place, basically. Right. So if, if you think your tax rate's going to be higher in 30 years, then it may make more sense to go with a Roth in that mm-hmm. way, taking the tax hit now. Um, but this just further highlights why a non-deductible traditional IRA is so unappealing because so, mm-hmm. what you're doing. So, so back to that scenario, if you instead put that five grand into a non-deductible traditional IRA and it grows to ten grand, then that whole five grand of growth is going to be taxed at normal income rates. Whereas if you had just in- invested that into the um, taxable account, it would have been at long-term capital gains. And since you mm. didn't get that initial benefit of the initial tax deduction when you put it in there because it was a non-deductible contribution right then it, it just makes it really unappealing so it's more so that, expensive right you're, exactly yeah, you're just losing out so, so if you're it's, it's making above that yeah you should definitely not be using the traditional ira at that point right but here's here's the catch with the backdoor ira so so for people that are making you know they're obviously making in excess of the traditional ira deductible contribution limit because that's lower than the roth ira and Wait, real, real quick before you go into it. So the the limits for the IRA, the, I think you said like you know, one fifteen, one twenty. That was for single people. If you're married, that's a higher number. Yes. Yep. So for so yeah, the the number I quoted before, um, anyone. So someone making from one fourteen k to one twenty nine k. The Roth contributions would phase out, so that means you couldn't put the full fifty five hundred into a Roth. You could put some percentage of it, and then anything above one hundred and twenty nine k would be ineligible. So you wouldn't make any Roth contributions whatsoever. Um, for married filing jointly, it would be one eighty one up to one ninety one would be the phase out, um, and then above that, it would um, it would you couldn't do anything. Um, the, and then the traditional good thing IRA, I'm married then. Yeah, <laughs> actually, this is interesting. Um, huh? This so the IRS right now. It says uh, two, 2015 IRA deduction limits effective modified AGI and deduction if you are covered by a retirement plan at work. And then it says like anything over seventy one thousand dollars is no deduction if you're yep, single. For or the, so that's for the so that's for the traditional IRA. So exactly. So single. If you make above seventy-one k for a single person, you can't get any deductible traditional IRA contributions. Okay, so make, that that hundred twenty k is for married. One hundred twenty k is for the Roth. Oh, for Roth. Okay, gotcha. Yep. So so yeah. So for so if you make above seventy-one, you can't do deductible traditional tr- contributions. If you make above a hundred and twenty-nine as a single person, you can't make Roth contributions. 
Mm. And um, and then yeah, there's different numbers for married. But so the idea is so. Wait, if, I, I want to stop. I want to totally stop you in your tracks <laughs> again. Like you're gonna like for it take you an hour to get through this one example. <laughs> That's all right. But uh, so like when you put into the Roth. Right. Um, can you just explain uh, how, like, your say fifty five hundred comes out of your taxes because it's not like it's pre tax money, right? Okay. Right. So, so yeah, it's not like it. It's not like it's coming right out of your tax, uh, rating right, right out of your paycheck automatically, like it is for like a four hundred one k. You have to do it manually. So I, w- I would transfer fifty five hundred to Vanguard, and then when I file my taxes, there's a box on there that says how much did you make for a traditional contribution traditional IRA contributions I put it in there and that immediately lowers my adjusted gross income so so I don't pay tax on it at all but it's not immediate like it is for like a 401k it's I'm using post-tax money to put it in there but then I claim that tax back on my tax return and to be clear mm-hmm. when like uh, it's right about tax season and every financial site out there is like put into your Roth get your deduction blah 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 they're talking only about traditionals and not yes. Roths mm. correct yep. Okay. Yep. so if you want yeah, if they're saying get a deduction then it's a traditional a Roth you're paying with post tax money so right alright so, so I stonewalled you from your example uh, please, please tell us like how this actually works. <laughs> no, no. So that's you know, that, that's all important background information. So I'm glad we covered it. But um, so yeah. So the the backdoor Roth strategy is for someone like say a doctor making 200k and they really want to put some money into a Roth IRA because there's a lot of benefits of having money in a Roth when you're when you're retirement age. You know, you don't you don't have to worry about paying tax on any of that. But they've already they exceed the 129,000 single income limit. So the way they do it is they contribute that money to a traditional IRA, non-deductible, the one that we said was bad and why would anyone ever want to do that? And then they immediately roll that into a Roth IRA. So like they'll make a 5K contribution and like once it clears, like just roll that over immediately. Roll it immediately because... Because if it gains, if it has any gains on it, then you'll have to pay tax on those because you're going mm. from traditional to Roth. But mm. since you're doing a non-deductible, because the non-deductible portion, the 5K that you just mentioned, you already paid tax on that because it's non-deductible. So you can roll that right into a Roth because that's also, um, all Roth funds have had the tax paid up front on it. So, And to be clear, but, at this point, they wouldn't have even had the option of contributing into a Roth because they're... Too high income. Exactly. Mm. So this is the way they can get, they can make contrib- contributions to a Roth without uh, adhering to that uh, income level. So it's a little backdoor, which is why it's called the backdoor Roth IRA. How okay. much can you put in? Like, how much can you do this per year? Uh, that's a, that's actually a good question. I would think that I th- I'm not sure actually that's uh, something because uh, I've never done one because I'm luckily well maybe unluckily <laughs> within the income limits um, but uh, yeah I'm not sure because you, you would think th- maybe maybe it is probably 50 maybe it's the same ling- uh, 5500 income li- or contribution limit to the non-deductible because rollovers there's no limit you can roll over as many times as you want and however much you want but I, I would imagine, I guess they would probably lock, 
lock down even non-deductible traditional IRA contributions to the to the same normal deductible contribution limit. So that's something I'll look into though, and I'll send you an email once I find it. But but so, yeah, so that's a that's a good way for high income earners to uh, get money into a Roth. So now. And, and by the way, to be clear, you you didn't come up with this name, like backdoor IRA strategy. No, this, is, uh, this is like a thing. So it's a thing. yeah, you can Google it and find lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. On and, it. and you're one of the top results because you give like an amazing uh, example. And okay. I mean, you write it up really well. But uh, so there's the backdoor IRA strategy, and I guess the limit's fifty five ish or something. You know, we'll put a link in the show notes. So. That sounds pretty awesome. What what is this mega backdoor IRA strategy? Is that like the Transformer Three sequel or something? <laughs> yeah, the mega. I make way more. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, these. Um, I think uh, I think a guy named White Coat Investor maybe uh, came up with the mega backdoor uh, Roth IRA name. Um, but he's clearly very after- creative. Yeah. <laughs> it's also known as like after tax contributions. So. All right. Yeah. Uh, there's a little background info required. Um, so, the, so we're going to switch over to 401ks for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So the most people know that the income or the contribution limit for most employees is eighteen thousand dollars in 2015. So that means over the over the course of the year, you can contribute eighteen thousand to your 401k. Um, most employers also have a match, right? So. Maybe they match three percent or something like that. So um, that's in addition to your eighteen thousand dollars. So whatever your employer puts in doesn't affect the fact that you can put in eighteen thousand dollars. What most people don't know is that the ma- the overall maximum for a four hundred one k in a year is actually fifty three thousand um, dollars. So the portion that's not employee and not employer is the after tax portion. So. The stuff that I put in as an employee is pre-tax, just like a traditional IRA. The stuff right. my employer puts in counts as pre-tax for me, so I, you know, I didn't pay tax on that, and it gets to grow tax-free, just like my my contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, then the after-tax portion, most people don't know about. Most people don't know about it because it's pretty similar to the fact that a non-deductible traditional IRA contribution is. Tax going in grows tax free, but then taxed coming out. So, so the after tax portion of a four hundred one k is is exactly is exactly the same. You pay, you put the money in with post tax money that you already paid tax on. It can then grow tax free, but then all the growth will then be taxed upon withdrawal. So, the reason you probably haven't heard of it is the same reason not nobody's getting too excited about non deductible traditional contributions because. It's not a really good deal at all. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> but it has the word mega in it. Millions, <laughs> 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 so, man. Right. So the <laughs> so the idea of the mega backdoor Roth. I'm yeah the the, the mega <laughs> is um, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just call it that from now on. Um, is Recently, the IRS released some guidance on this because there was a lot of uh, ambiguity in their in their notes about what you could do. But yeah. what recently came out was you can convert the 
deductible portion separately from the non-deductible portion of your 401k. So that means all the non-deductible contributions um, could go directly into a Roth mm-hmm. and the deductible contributions would go directly into a traditional IRA. So, okay. so, in a f- so the reason this is a big deal is because, like I said, after-tax contributions, all the growth on that will be taxed at withdrawal. But yeah. if, you immediate, if you immediately rolled those contributions into a Roth IRA, then those, that growth won't be taxed because it's in a Roth. So okay. this, this is quite confusing. There's, I wrote a big article on it um, that you can link to in the show notes, but there's a lot of good graphs with arrows showing where... This is the after-tax contributions and a surprise gift from the IRS. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's mathscientist.com slash after-tax contributions, and there's dashes instead of spaces for the... We'll, we'll, we'll definitely include a link in the show notes, because um, I was going to even dig deeper, but, but please, yeah, t- tell us. Yeah, yeah. So if you... If if you're looking at those, uh, I, I definitely suggest bringing that up. Looking at the actual uh, graphs because it'll make things a lot easier. So, um, so yeah. So that's why it's the, uh, it's a big deal because now it's like effectively it's giving you another potentially thirty five thousand dollars worth of Roth IRA contributions a year if you're able to. Um, rollover from a four hundred one k quickly after you you uh contribute to it. So so that so that's the summary of what it is and why people like it. So it, it's effectively giving you another up to $35,000 worth of Roth IRA space every year. If you're already maxing out everything else and you're really just loving some tax advantaged accounts, then this gives you a lot more so to work with Okay, so so here's like the the really selfish part of the interview, where <laughs> I, I have a 401k and it has like about like maybe forty eight thousand dollars in it. Um, now uh, I want to roll it over it's from an old employer. I've been um, lazy. To, like, how w- would you break it up into traditionals and Roth and in a similar fashion to how you do it? Um, in your after-tax contributions article, like, nope. like how? Yeah, so how would you kind of execute this, and then why would you do it this way for mine and different for the mega? And maybe sure. I'm missing the disconnect. So for yours, all your yours is completely comprised of deductible contributions mm-hmm. because unless you made after-tax contributions, but I don't. No. Most people haven't. Right. So 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 it's all deductible. So you would simply just roll directly into a traditional IRA and that'd be it. You're done. And, and I don't, then, there's no limits that will nah, hit nah. me. Right, right, right. No, no, you, you do it, do it all at once and you're fine. And then maybe down the line, if you, like we talked about earlier, if you, you're taking a few years off, then yeah, then you could do that uh, traditional to Roth rollover that I talked about to, to make, to lock in that tax free money forever. Um, but yeah, if you're if you just have a normal 401k, then just simply roll it over into a traditional IRA, and it's nice and easy. This is for people who want to contribute more than their 18 grand to their um, 401k every year, and they want 
to expand that space and this gives them a way to contribute up to an extra 35k into a Roth so and then once you do that then that's when the split happens where some of your 401k goes to a traditional and some goes to a Roth hmm. mm. but- so I mean, a lot of the, I know like so much personal finance stuff, but this tax stuff seems to evade me now. And, and please maybe Better talk- that than the other way around. True. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't evade taxes. <laughs> yeah. Avoid them, not evade them. So, so look, Tom, Thomas, stop me if I'm like really just dragging us too deep into the weeds. Are but, we- uh, we're too, all right. Just <laughs> so look, I, I have this like forty-eight thousand whatever. Um, last time you were on, and I'm a big fan of your blog because you have like really awesome stuff on there. We talked about the IRA horse race. Yeah. And I, I guess the reason I haven't rolled over is because I feel like I need to properly conceive of the strategy to like make the most optimal decision. Right, and so I, I was a little confused with this mega piece that you cleared up, but now there's this <laughs> IRA horse race component. <laughs> so, right. so tell me because I, I I do believe that I can use this strategy to get better returns. Sure. Okay. So before I start, I just want to say to everybody this this is like this is like the really geeky stuff. <laughs> if you don't if you don't do any of this stuff. Uh, you know, don't worry about it. This is this is the stuff that people that you know, if you're really wanting to maximize, and since I'm a computer programmer, like I just love optimizing things. Uh, and same. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So, um, this is the stuff so that you this, talk about if you have a personal finance podcast or blog. Exactly. This, this <laughs> We're the, the only reason. people that do this shit. <laughs> this is the whole reason I started it because I was like, I know there's ways to to really get there quicker. Um, and I know most of the advice isn't geared to people that are planning to do what I'm doing. So this, well, uh, I, I want to say that, like, I think one of the reasons that I really resonate with you, and I think quite a lot of people, like who, and I think a lot of people do in our audience know who you are. But if they don't, um, you're not like this dude who's going to go to fifty nine and a half and then collect Social Security and like retire in the most traditional pension paid fashion possible. Like you're trying to get out sooner and you're trying to use like a tax strategy to get you there. Exactly. Yeah. Like in my opinion, I think tax avoidance, which is the legal kind, not tax evasion. Tax avoidance is like the best the best way to go about it because you, you don't have to earn any more. You don't have to spend any less or you, you just figure out legal ways not to pay Uncle Sam, uh, what he he doesn't want because he 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 only wants you to pay what you owe, and mm. these are ways to make what you owe lower. So, yeah. and the, the whole thing is like up. if GE can reduce their their taxable whatever to nothing, and they're this huge multi billion dollar corporation, like you as an individual should be able to do that, and then also aspire to get out sooner, exactly. even just through yeah. the savings from the taxes. Which yep. totally off topic here. But I'm like I'm looking at your blog right now, and uh, you have this post about geographic arbitrage, mm-hmm. which <laughs> are really piquing my interest. So maybe at some point in the future we should do like some discussion on that topic as well because Absolutely. I'm interested in that. Yeah, 
I was, yeah. was going to say, let's do these couple of posts you have on here after we get done with this conversation. Brandon has also a ton of awesome shit. I just I thought like we're literally just through the course <laughs> of one episode going to name every article that he's written and just touch <laughs> upon like three minutes of each. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, well, there's there's actually not that many to choose from. I am I'm like the slowest, and uh, I think I have like sixty posts total, and I've been doing it for like three years or something. So, but yeah, a lot of them are good, just good. A lot you know, of research for me. Yeah. Mavis Beacon teaches typing really helped improve my typing speed. <laughs> Mavis Beacon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So um. But anyway, but, I'll answer your question about the horse horse race now because mm. I just wanted to put that out there because mm. I didn't want anybody in your audience to be like freaking out that they're not doing stuff right. But um, as far as your rollover goes, just do that right away because from four hundred one k to traditional, that's like apples to apples. You're not doing anything fancy. That's just getting it from your 401k into a traditional IRA. Um, the yep. horse race comes in when you're doing the thing we discussed earlier, which is when you're trying to um, convert your traditional to your Roth and paying the minimum amount of taxes while you do and, that. And just to pause for a second, because I, I feel that uh, when you're on the internet and you just like, you like go to the Google, you're like, roll over 401k, like every person is done and whatever. And everyone's like, do it into a Roth and blah, blah, blah. So maybe you could just explain like why when you have a 401k, why you're rolling it over into a traditional and not into a Roth or, or like why you might like weigh the Roth better, you know, like how you make that decision. Sure. Um, well, it- um, like I said, tr- 401k and traditional are pretty much the same. Um, so when you roll one the 401k into the traditional, it's like nothing. It's you don't get taxed. You don't have to worry about anything. It's just it's like the, changing the name, literally. Right. Exactly. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, Less fees, more options. Yeah. Potentially, maybe you have a really good 401k that has great options, and you're happy to stay there. But mm-hmm. you know, not many things beat vanguard and i don't know if many of vanguard 401k so um so yeah so it's pretty much just like for like um so you can do that whenever um if you wanted to go from a 401k to a roth then you're um then you need to take taxes into account because like i said you didn't pay taxes on the money going into the uh, 401k but um the Roth, you get taxes for no taxes when you come out, so you you need to pay taxes at some point on that. So it's when the conversion happens. So, so that's when you may not want to do that if you're earning a bunch of money. <laughs> I I basically be taxed on it immediately. As exactly. If, yeah. Yep. As soon as you roll that over, you're taxed on it. But through uh, the back door, we can avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the back door is just a way to get around the income limits of a Roth. Mm. Um, now, the only way to avoid it during the rollover is if you have your taxes low enough to where the amount that you're rolling over, you know, is covered by the standard deductions and so, exemptions. And to all be the clear, stuff. do you think it is fair to say that almost never does it make sense to roll your 401k into a Roth IRA? But it will it, it like it's like a no brainer to roll it into a traditional IRA. Um, it's an it's a no brainer. Yeah, it's it's nice and easy to go to the traditional. Um, and yeah, you just have to plan your. So what I would do, I would just put it all in the traditional, and then it's. I think it's probably easier to go from traditional IRA to Roth IRA rather than straight from four hundred one k to Roth IRA. Mm. So 
I would, yeah, if you were wanting to do something like that, I would just put it all into a traditional and then plan out your your uh, rollovers into the Roth based on income and taxes and all of that. So, but yeah, yeah. If you're if you're wanting to get it out of your four hundred one k, just do it today. Just say, hey Vanguard, I got a four hundred one k. I I want to open up a traditional IRA and just roll it over, and they'll help you do it. Action item for Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no point in waiting because the horse race is in the next stage, which is when you're doing the traditional to the Roth. Yeah. And that'll happen for me, hopefully, in 17 years. There you go. <laughs> and yeah. well, I'm sorry, did did I did you actually explain the horse race, or did I cut you off so many times you never got to? I think I haven't. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't think I did. But uh, so the horse. Yeah. So this <laughs> again. This is described in much better detail on my site because it's. You know, when I write things down, I, I revise and re-write re, uh, them down so that it's clear as possible. But I'll try to give it a, a quick uh, summary here. So, so like I said, when you convert from traditional to a Roth, it, you're taxed on that. Mm. Um, so the idea and, – and you can have as many traditional and as many Roth accounts as you want – as long as you're not you're not exceeding the contribution limit of fifty five hundred a year, which we talked about as well. Right. So, right. but conversions don't can count towards the contribution limit, and they're not restricted by income limit. So you can convert oh. as much as you want. So the idea behind the horse race is okay. So say you have twenty thousand dollars in your traditional IRA on December thirty first of this year and you're wanting to convert that whole entire sum into your Roth IRA eventually. So in say you're 50% stocks and 50% bonds in, in that account, um, just, or 50% stock A and 50% stock B, let's say, cause that'll make more sense here in a second. So what you could do is just convert the entire 20 grand into your Roth IRA and would then pay taxes on that 20 grand conversion. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense because you have to pay tax on the conversion. What you could do instead is convert the 10 grand of stock a into its own separate Roth IRA account and convert 10 grand of stock B into a separate IRA account. And then what you can do is you can watch those like a horse race throughout the year and then on April 15th of the following year when you're about to let's say April 14th on April 14th you can look at those and say let's say that stock A doubled and is now worth 20 grand and stock B halved and it's now worth 5 grand so at that point you could recharacterize stock B's Roth IRA back into a traditional IRA, which would mean it would just pretend that that conversion never happened. So rather than converting 20 grand and ending up with 25 grand in your Roth and paying tax on that 20 grand conversion, you would recharacterize half of it, which would mean that you only effectively converted 10 grand from your traditional to your Roth, but you'd 
end, you'd still end with twenty grand in your Roth because of that appreciation of stock A. So it's it's okay. So so in the so without doing the horse race, you would have done a twenty grand conversion, paid pay tax on that twenty grand conversion, and ended up with twenty five grand in your Roth. By doing the horse race, you've effectively done a ten grand conversion and only paid ten taxes on that ten grand, and you've ended with twenty twenty grand in your Roth. So you've ended with less in your Roth, but you've paid tax on half of it. And then the next year, you could then do the other ten grand mm. and and see how it goes. So it's a way of um, it's a way of betting on horses and then changing your mind right at the yeah. finish line. It's pretty cool. So you're you're setting it up so that if you experience a loss on one of those stocks, it can actually offset the tax you pay, basically. Well, yeah, you could just cancel the rollover. Yeah. Because, okay. because it doesn't make sense to pay... 10 grand tax in on. taxes on 5 grand in, in actual money. Right. So, so, yeah. so yeah, so to, to put it even simpler... Let's forget forget the horse race aspect. Let's let's just pretend that on January first, I converted ten grand from traditional to Roth, and I paid tax on that ten grand conversion. If the stock tanks by April fifteenth, and I only have two grand in my IRA, it doesn't make sense in my Roth IRA. It doesn't make sense to pay tax on that ten grand conversion. What I should do instead, I should recharacterize it, which means just forget it. I'm not going to do a conversion that year, and then transfer over that two grand the next year, because then I'm paying only taxes on two grand, and then I'm still getting the same outcome of having that money in my Roth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So it, it's a bit confusing, um, and, and like I said, this is the advanced stuff for people that are just like loving it and just want to maximize everything. Um, yeah. But it does, and like just like that, just showed it. It could be, it could actually save you quite a bit of money. So here's the thing: um, we we've talked a lot about uh, this this tax savings piece, and I know that um, definitely if you worked until you're 59 and a half, like taking advantage of this tax stuff makes like uh, multitudes of sense. You'll save tons of money. And I think where where I have some beef, and I want maybe you to like convince me, is I want to retire early, and I'm concerned that if I put my money in these vehicles that lock it up for X amount of time, I lose flexibility, and I may not even be able to retire because I can't access my savings until I'm older. So... Maybe my question to you is like, I mean, I, I'm assuming you believe that I'm wrong, and I want you to tell me like how I'm wrong. Sure. Yeah. No, that's that's not that's a big worry people have. Well, so for people that contribute directly to a Roth, you can take those contributions out at any time. Any time. So it's it's not even five years. Like if I have, if I rolled yep. over something into a. Well, rollover is different. Mm. But so oh, okay, rollover, original. You would okay. have to wait. But a, but a straight up contribution like checking account to my Roth IRA, you can take those contributions out immediately because you pay tax on it. You can't take the growth of it that comes from that money, but you can take the contributions out immediately. So so if you have any money in a Roth that you contributed to directly, you can take that out anytime you want it. So that's one thing to note. Um, the other thing, like I described, is the conversion. So if you're if you start slowly converting from your 
401k to your traditional and then the traditional to the Roth, like we talked about, um, those conversions can be withdrawn within five year, after the five-year waiting period. So if you can have enough money to sustain yourself in your taxable accounts for the first five years, then that Roth conversion ladder that we described um, can then fund fund the rest and all of it's fair game. Um, and then the worst case, you pay a 10% penalty. So if you're really, really stuck, you could either take a loan against it or you could take it out and pay a 10% penalty, which I definitely wouldn't recommend. But, you know, it's not like it's locked in Fort Knox and you're not going to get it. So you could take loans out or, or margin out against an IRA? Uh, no, 401k has mm. loans, um, depending on your employer's rules and things like that. Um, mm. And But yeah, I don't, I don't think you can take loans against your IRA. I'm not sure. Um, but it, it, the main point is it's not trapped forever. And if you're doing some of these rollovers, then you can access it. You know, at age forty, if you want, if you if you start at age thirty-five and things like that. So, um, so to put it into perspective of why I focus on this so much, like I, last year I started an experiment on my site um, called the Guinea Pig Experiment, and I've, I have these two imaginary people, and they make exactly the same amount of money, they spend exactly the same amount every year, and they invest in the exactly the same fund which is Vanguard's total stock market index fund. So everything about them is the same, same style of life, obviously, because they're spending the same amount, same job, because they've got the same income. The only thing is I, I, I utilize a lot of tax advantage accounts and do some, some of the more advanced strategies that I talk about. But actually, up until now, there hasn't been any good opportunities to do some of the more advanced stuff. So it's, it's simply just been plowing a bunch of money into these tax advantage accounts. So... And I follow this scenario um, in real time. So every month I update these guinea pigs uh, spreadsheets just like I update my own um, using real-time market uh, returns. And I'm just bringing it up now just to see what the actual difference is. But um, after only one year of, of doing this, um, let's see, I should have... Uh, uh, the normal scenario, which is just the guy that's going straight into his taxable account, he ended, based on all of the assumptions, he ended the year with $30,602 saved up. Um, in the optimized version, he ended with over forty grand. So just by, like I said, they're both making the same amount and investing in the same amount of uh, the same funds. So the risk is the same. Everything's the same, and yet this guy uh, has over, you know, over what almost thirty-three percent more. So, so think about that. Where can you? How good would you have to be at stock picking to to get a thirty-three percent increase over <laughs> yeah. somebody else doing? Pretty, you know, pretty damn good. Yeah, right. You'd have to be amazing, and you couldn't do that consistently for five years. Um, and if you did it in one year, it's just luck. So 33% more just by taking advantage of all these tax breaks. Cause, and then I'm, I'm excited to, to follow the scenario until they both reach financial independence because um, currently the normal scenario as of January 2015, it was going to take another 20, 12 years and seven months to get there. But the optimized one 
was 10 years and four months. So he's already knocked two years off of his career. Simply in, in by, one year. In one year. In one year. So all these gains are going to compound and it's going to be even more as we get throughout the experiment. But it's, it's, yeah. big, it's a big deal. It's, it's a huge deal. Um, and you can do, you, can, you know, you could, well, like I said, he shaved two, over two years of work out of his life just by being smart with taxes. So, Dang. And it seems like most everyone kind of ignores this whole like tax advantage investing approach. Like they just kind of like do their thing, pay their taxes, throw some money into whatever, and just like let it go. But uh, like you could actually gain like seriously significant amounts of cash just by Right, exactly. People people spend hours watching like CNBC to try to get a hot pick that never works out and yet they yeah. ignore something that's right in front of their face and so easy and you don't have to be a genius to do it. Yeah, some of these strategies that we described today are more advanced, but most of the gain from all of the stuff we talk about is just the act of putting money into these tax advantage accounts. And, and you know, it's still like more complicated than calling up your broker and saying, buy Google while you eat a Philly cheesesteak. So. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's too much work for me. I'm sorry. The cheesesteak method is my method of investing. <laughs> oh, man, I want a cheesecake. <laughs> do, Andrew, do you have any uh, further questions? I think we're pushing this one pretty long, but it's really good. So Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I think that's... That's my questions, and just like uh, I like the last one, like we're gonna, you know, I'm I'm literally present while we're discussing this, and when it goes live, like I'll just like personally listen to it a couple times so I can soak yeah. in more, and I think like with episodes like this where we kind of I don't want to even like say get into the weeds, but we really get into like details and like actual strategy you could implement. I like listen to it a couple times, like the benefit is just so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, huge. Sure. It, it and really I have a lot of doesn't. reading to do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, like, all the posts uh, probably describe it a lot more elegantly than I, I tried to now just because it's, yeah, I took time to really try to make it as uh, easy to understand as possible. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out. I just want to actually bring up, right before we tie it up, you do all these awesome calculations. And then, I mean, if you looked at one of your guinea pig articles, you actually have these awesome graphs, which look surprisingly familiar to the thing that's on the sidebar of your site. It says, Phi Laboratory. <laughs> do, do tell me, because you're a software developer, so I, it kind of excites me what you do. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I love I love programming, and I'm a web developer, so I love writing web software. So, um so there's a famous book for people in the like early retirement space. It's called Your Money or Your Life. And in there, they recommend that you, you know, graph out your progress. So once your, once your investments can cover your central expenses, then, you, you know, work's optional for you. Um, so I thought, well, I don't know anybody that's going to actually put a bunch of graph paper on their, frid- their refrigerator and actually use a roller to chart all this stuff out. So I was like, <laughs> I'll, I'll put together a really cool, easy-to-use software piece of web software to do it um so yeah it's free it's completely free you can go to lab.madfientist.com and just sign up sign up there and it uh all you do is you put in your net worth your uh monthly savings and monthly expenses every month and it uh it'll chart your chart your path to 
financial independence. It'll tell you what dates you can expect to make that crossover. Um, it'll have a countdown uh, number of years and months left, and then it'll show you how much income you could uh, pull from your portfolio based on your current net worth. Um, and yeah, it's it's uh, there's thousands and thousands of people using it these days, which is really cool and um, got a lot of good feedback. And yeah, I do I use it for my guinea pig experiment as well because it <laughs> it makes it nice and easy to make a pretty graph to show where where those guys are at too. So nice. It's all right, man. Well, awesome, dude, dude, thank you so much for coming back on the show. This is yeah, like thanks for having me. It was mind blowing stuff. Fun. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely gonna go dig into that guinea pig thing because I feel like. A couple hours of reading and, and figuring things out could have some pretty good returns. Absolutely. So I'm going to give it a look over. Yeah, man. So, hey, if you guys have questions, um, and you're over at madfiantist.com, right? Yeah, that's the best place. Um, yeah, leave uh, even past articles. If you have a question about them, just leave a comment on the article itself, and I, I check them all and respond. So uh, that's probably the best way. And my email address is on the site as well. But, yeah, it's, it's all happening over at madfiantist.com. Nice. Well, hey guys, yeah, if you have questions uh, or you want beer recommendations, all three of us can provide answers. So <laughs> maybe me less of all on the crazy in the weeds financial stuff. But if you have questions, head over to madfiantist.com or email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review if you want to help the show grow. This week's review comes from Jeremy5044 on iTunes, and he says, These guys take the seemingly complex topic of personal finance and break it down for the everyman. These shows are light and funny and appeal to the younger crowd. Before listening, I had no clue what I was doing with my money. Now I'm schooling my friends on how to handle their finances. They've inspired me to take action, and since listening, dot, 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 Andrew took a screenshot of the review without clicking the more button. So we're going to end there. <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to find more of this review, go over to iTunes and <laughs> see the rest of the review. Write your own review. <laughs> That's yeah. I like to leave them with bated breath. <laughs> well, thank you for that review, Jeremy. You know, I was not able to see all of it. I have seen it on iTunes, but unfortunately cannot memorize the entire thing. I have not increased my memorization powers to that level quite yet. But working on it. <laughs> Anyway, if you want to find our favorite tools, it and just speaks to the high production value that, that we. Uh, <laughs> our production level is sitting somewhere between uh, can't be arsed and oops forgot. So, <laughs> yes. Anyway, listenmoneymatters.com/slash/toolboxes where you'll find book uh, recommendations, tools, all sorts of stuff that we are fans of and use. And that's all we got. So, thanks again for hanging out, and we will see you in the next episode. See you guys. Later, man. Thanks, see ya. Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>